Hello and welcome to Grace Life Tigerville, a church situated in the northern suburbs of Cape Town. We pray that this teaching will awaken your heart to the reality of Christianity, which is Christ in you, and that it will result in increased fruitfulness in your life. Awesome. Let's bond on the word this morning. We're going to look at uh, a fruitful prayer life and uh, it's just going to be a, a single teaching and then next week we'll kick off on a, a, another series. It's a fruitful prayer life. What does that look like? Um, prayer's got different applications. When we're talking about prayer, there's various applications to prayer and we're not necessarily going to look at all of the different applications, but it is important to understand that what, what is the purposes of prayer and why do we pray? Because if we don't understand, then we're not going to have healthy prayer lives. It's like anything. If, if, if you don't understand something, you're not going to do it. If you don't understand the benefit, the purpose of it, you're not going to experience the, the fruitfulness thereof. A lot of people aren't, don't understand the benefit of praying in, in tongues, praying in the Holy Spirit, so they don't do it. They do it maybe once a week on Sunday or when, whenever it's really going tough. Uh, but when you start exp- understanding the, the benefit of it, you're going to do it as much as possible. Now, prayer involves communication with God and intimacy with Him. That's a big part of prayer. Talking to God, uh, having fellowship with Him. But oftentimes, our, 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 our prayer time and our fellowship with God and our communication with God is very negative in the sense it's, it's very self-centered. It's very self-focused. And God doesn't mind. God is not offended at your self-centeredness. God is not offended at my self-centeredness. But God's desire for you is to be fruitful. God's desire for each one of us is to be fruitful. Because fruitfulness brings glory to God, as Jesus says in John chapter 15. So we want, when, when we enjoying fellowship with God and we're enjoying commu- communication with Him, we, we want to remember that intimacy has a purpose. It's to be enjoyed, but it's also to bring about fruit. Right? I've got two fruit of intimacy with my wife, Michael and Chris. And so intimacy is intended to bring about fruitfulness as well. So we need to consider that when we're considering our prayer lives. Then lastly, there's, there's a form of prayer that isn't so much talking to God, but speaking forth our authority and what God has given to us. And that's a big part of prayer that a lot of believers aren't engaging in. So it's not about talking to God, but it's about using the authority that He's given us and speaking forth prayer with, with a, a, a declaration, speaking into situations, speaking into problems. And we'll, we're going to engage in some of that after the word, uh, praying for the Albania mission trip specifically. So let's get into James chapter 5. So we'll be looking at some of these uh, factors this morning and uh, we're also going to look at some of the prayers that, that Paul prayed. Um, and uh, it's awesome to see that Paul, writing two-thirds of the New Testament, one of the, the kind of uh, cornerstones of our faith, so to speak, um, much of his life, much of his ministry was about prayer. It's important to take note of that because this is someone we look up to. This is someone that we, 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 we see as a, as a pioneer, as a, as a uh, uh, called ap- apostolic, uh, a visionary, like he, he uh, pioneered the, the, the early churches. Um, movement, the gospel of grace was, was uh, clearly uh, communicated through his ministry. So we look up to this guy and we're like, man, uh, Paul is awesome. I, wanna, I, I wish my life looked like Paul's. 
and we don't consider a very big part of his, his ministry was, was about prayer. And we'll look at what that prayer was specifically because you hear prayer and you think about a position. You think about a folding of hands, you think about bowing your head, you think about closing your eyes, you think about being on your knees or whatever the case may be. So all of us have got specific pictures or, or ideas when it comes to prayer and we want to look at what does the word say about prayer specifically and specifically um, the New Testament. Okay, so James chapter 5, we need to understand our position when it comes to prayer. James 5, 6, it says, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Now I'm not going to get too much into the first part of this verse. Um, there's explanation for it and there's a, an awesome teaching lying in that first part of the verse. But I want to focus in on specifically the second part which says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Now firstly you'll need to understand that you are righteous. You don't need to try and become righteous. You just need to believe that you are righteous. The word says that you've become, Jesus was made to be sin for us, so that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So He did something. He became something on our behalf, so that we can become what He is through faith in Him, which is righteous. So guess what? You get to firstly tick the box that, cool, I'm righteous. Now what's the second part of this? this verse the fervent prayer what does fervent mean it means aggressive it means continual it means don't quit oftentimes we uh we pray one prayer and it's like very nonchalant it's like especially those uh, those prayers like at night when you put your head down on the pillow like thank you jesus for the day oh, <laughs> and it's it's <laughs> And God doesn't mind, like, at least it's like, you, you, you're chatting to Him, like, he's, he's the last person on your mind, so to speak, before you go to, uh, go to sleep. Um, and then sometimes, like, we, we're praying into a situation, maybe with regards to work, or making a decision, or, or even uh, uh, for a, a last person that we're going to meet, that, that's on a hit list, and we're like, Lord, just, uh, like, help me maybe, like, give me that opportunity, and um, it's going to be good. Thank you, Jesus. Like that's not that's not that's not aggressive. That's not purposeful. That's not uh, 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 intentional. It's not like this is the most important thing that I can do right now. It's not having that mindset about our prayers in those moments. So we need to understand that firstly we are righteous, and then secondly we need to enter into prayer with fervor, with a don't stop attitude. Because when we do that, then there's much availing. Who wants to see much availing in their prayer life? Good stuff. Some of you, great. We just need a few. We don't need all of you. We just need a few of you. Um, Jesus only needed 12, and they changed the course of the, 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 just the whole world's history. And so we just need a few. But it comes down to fervent prayer and knowing that we are righteous. So that's our position. And secondly, we need to understand what's on God's heart. 1 John chapter 5. Let's go to 1 John chapter 5. We'll read from verse 13 to 15 from the Passion Translation. It says, I've written this letter to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you will be assured and know without a doubt that you have eternal life. This is super important. I'm just going to just camp on there for a moment because I really believe that this is something that the devil so often gets us kind of thinking on and wondering like, do we have eternal life? 
I've done all of these things. Yes, maybe I've received Christ at, a, at some point that he's, he's forgiven my sins at that specific time. But since then, like it's been a little bit shaky. It's been up and down. And do I still have eternal life? What is John writing? He says, I'm writing this letter to you. Believe in the name of the Son of God so that you will be assured and know without a doubt that you have eternal life. It's important to be assured. It's important to be reminded. Not through your experiences. Through the Word. Through the Word that is unshakable, unchanging. That we have eternal life. Because we've believed on Jesus. Not because you've done good. Not because you've done bad. In the same way that you've received Christ by grace through faith. Colossians 2 verse 6 say, says this. That as you've received Christ Jesus the Lord. So continue to walk in Him. Meaning continue to have relationship and fellowship with Him. Not based on what you're doing but based on what He's done. Verse 14, Since we have this confidence, we can also have great boldness before Him. For if we present any request agreeable to His will, say agreeable. Agreeable to His will. If we make any request agreeable to His will, He will hear us. And if we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we also know that we have obtained the requests we ask of Him. Super important. The T's and the C's there is agreeable to His will. So this means that what type of prayers are you going to pray if you don't know the will of God? How much fruit are you going to see in your prayer life if you don't know the will of God? Because this says, John says, if we present any request agreeable to His will, that is when He hears us. That is when we start seeing fruitfulness. So if we don't know the will of God, we can't pray the will of God, which means that we're not going to see much fruitfulness in our prayer lives. A good word? So we need to consider... The importance of knowing the will of God, knowing the heart of God, so we can pray in accordance with that. Because when we pray in accordance with the will of God, imagine this. God's will, God's desire. God, God desires for the world. You see this in Timothy. God desires for the world to be saved and to come to knowledge of the truth. This is God's desire. Then Peter writes and says, God is not slow concerning His promises, as some men count slowness or slackness, but he has long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish. This is God's desire, not willing that any should perish. So that's clearly the will of God, the desire of God for the world to be saved. So if I know that, and I'm praying accordance to that, surely there's going to be confidence in that prayer, because this is God's will. He's invited me into this prayer, uh, this prayer and, and being a partaker of this. So I'm going to have confidence in that. So it's super important to know the heart of God, the will of God, when it comes to our praise. Now let's look at the life of Paul. So we're going to look at a few aspects of, uh, of the prayer of Paul. And then, like I said, prepare your heart because we're going to then engage in fervent prayer. Um, for, firstly, we're going to pray for the Albanian mission trip that's coming up. If you uh, missed out on last week, um, then we announced the Albania mission trip that's coming up. And then secondly, we're also going to pray for our hit lists. We haven't done that in a while. I'm continually praying for my hit lists, but we haven't uh, uh, corporately together come together to pray for our hit lists. 
If you don't know what a hit list is, uh, it's basically uh, people in your life that you know is unsaved, who hasn't received Christ yet. And it's continually praying for those people, praying for opportunities to reach out to them. We'll, we'll look at some of the prayers that we'll, we'll pray for them. So uh, if you don't have a hit list, you can start considering in your mind who are, who are three, five people that you know who is uh, unsaved, who hasn't received Christ yet, so that we can pray for them together. Okay, so let's look at Paul's life. Firstly, Paul thanked God for his relationships. Romans 1 verse 8 says this. Let me say first, or let me say first, thank that I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith in Him is being talked about all over the world. So, firstly, he is giving thanks for his relationships with those around him, and we see this in many other occasions as well when he when he's praying and he's thanking God for his relationships. Start there. Think about that. Consider this. How much are you thanking God for your relationships in your prayer life? This morning it was awesome in Thanksgiving. Obviously a few people shared on, on uh, being thankful for relationships and friendships and things like that. But how often are we doing this? Because this is something that we see the Apostle Paul doing on a regular basis. But then he's also thanking them because your faith in him is being talked about all over the world. So he's also thanking people for mat- their maturity. He was praising God for the maturity of those relationships that he had. Maturity because there was fruitfulness. That's what maturity is, right? It's fruitfulness. Maturity isn't uh, becoming of age. It's not becoming old. A lot of people aren't old, but they're not bearing any fruit. I'm not talking about having kids. I'm talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Because there's a lot of unbelievers that have kids. It means nothing in light of eternity. The world needs to see the fruit of the Spirit. It's quiet in here this morning. <laughs> Philippians 1, 3 and 5 says, My prayers for you are full of praise to God as I give Him thanks for you with great joy. I'm so grateful for our union and our enduring partnership that began the first time I presented to you the gospel. So again, he's, he's expressing thanksgiving. He's expressing thanks to God for this miracle. I think someone shared this this morning. The miracle that when you receive Christ, you become part of a global family. It doesn't ma- mean how, or doesn't matter how distorted your biological family is. It doesn't matter how little biological family you have. In Christ, you've got innumerable family. Family on earth, family that you're going to see and celebrate with in heaven. So Paul is expressing thanks to that union that they shared. And then an enduring partnership. Let's talk about doing life together. Partnership. Firstly, the church of Philippi was one of the, 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 the churches that continued partnering with Paul even though he wasn't with them. Partnering with him financially, giving gifts to him so that he could continue on his journey. So Paul was thanking God for that, that enduring partnership. Then lastly, 1 Timothy, or 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 2 says, We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in my prayers. So just another example where Paul was always, not just whenever he felt like it, not just whenever it was going tough or whatever the case may be, but there was, a, there was an urgency in Paul's heart to pray for his relationships, to pray for the people around him. And so we need to consider this, how much am I praying for the people around me? I'm not talking about your wife. 
You should pray for your wife by default. But I'm talking about your friendships. Those that aren't necessarily in your life the whole time. But the people in this room, how much are you praying for them? Secondly, Paul prayed for wisdom and knowledge. Now, before you get excited, there was specific wisdom and knowledge that he prayed for. And, uh, we're going to see that unfold now. Ephesians 1.17 That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Not wisdom and, re and revelation in becoming a better businessman. Not wisdom and revelation in becoming the most creative person in your industry. You can be the most creative person in your industry. You can be the best businessman on the face of the earth. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's not what Paul prayed for you. He prayed for wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, Jesus, the message of the Bible. Because when we come to know Jesus, we find out what knowledge is, what wisdom is. Jesus is wisdom itself. And when we come to know Him, we have wisdom. We come to experience and know what to do in whatever situation we need to do. But it's about knowing Him, knowing His message, knowing Him intimately. Colossians 1.9 So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of His will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Again, complete knowledge of His will to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. If we don't know His will, if we don't have understanding of His will, if we don't have understanding of the purpose of life, why am I here? We're going to pray I don't know what's the opposite of bold and confident. Timid, timid, that's a good one. It's good that I don't know the opposites of those words. <laughs> we shouldn't know the opposites of those words. God will allow us testing you. <laughs> I'm just joking. We can't pray bold, confident, fervent prayers if, if, if we don't know the will of God, if we don't understand our purpose, the meaning of life. It's super important to get into these things. Ephesians 3, 18 to 19. Again, Paul prays, so that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Again, praying for us to know, experientially, intimately, to know the love of Christ. Because when we know the love of Christ, man, Life starts making sense. We start walking in our purposes. Start walking in our destinies. There's a lot of things that we can know in this life. And we look at the life of Paul. And he writes and we, we uh, open up with this in our, our prayer meeting. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Paul says, man, I made it my, my goal. I made it my aim to know nothing among you except one thing. And it's Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Did, did Paul have a, have a successful life? Absolutely. 
Paul had a super successful life. He lived a full life. He lived a life full of fruit, planted many churches, impacted thousands of people's lives. Not just in his life, but he had a ripple effect. Because today we are reading about Paul. We were reading about his life, his prayer life. And what did he say? He he made it his goal to know one thing. And he prayed for us to come to know the love of Christ. Knowing the love of Christ isn't something you just hear and know intellectually. So much more than that. It's about a personal, heartfelt relationship. Thirdly, Paul prayed for the church to be strengthened with spiritual power. Now a lot of us get excited when you hear the word power and it's like you think uh, fire and you think people falling over and you think healings and miracles and all of that. and That's amazing and that's part of the, the power that, that God made, made available to us. But uh, why does Paul link this part to Colossians 1.11? We also pray that you will be strengthened with all His glorious power so you will have all the endurance. Say endurance. And patience. Say patience. So endurance and patience you need. And that you may be filled with joy. Why is Paul praying for endurance and patience? Is he praying for your next marathon race, your next comrades. What was Paul praying for when he's talking about endurance and patience? Was he, was he praying for you to, to have endurance and patience with the, the people around you? To a degree. But that's not ultimately what he prayed for. When he prayed for endurance and patience, he was talking about our mission. Guys, we've got a mission. It's not to come to church. It's not to read your Bible. It's not to go to heaven. Those things are part of our mission. Our mission should be what is on God's heart. And what is on God's heart? People. People's eternity. Whether people are enjoying oneness and relationship with Him, or whether they are without, and they will be without for all of eternity. So when we pray for endurance and patience, it needs to be in line with something. Specific purpose. Specific direction. Fourthly, Paul prayed for the church so they would grow in their love for others. Philippians 1, 9-11 I continue to pray for your love to grow and increase beyond measure, bringing you into the rich revelation of spiritual insight in all things. This will enable you to choose the most excellent way. Say, most excellent way. Now when you're hearing that, you're thinking, most excellent job. Most excellent holiday destination. (laughs) Man, understand, like, we've got our our, our five senses. We, We want that very carnal. But we can't allow our carnality to start influencing our prayer lives. Because then our prayer lives are going to mean absolutely nothing. We need to be more spiritually minded than we are carnally minded. Why? Because spiritual mindedness brings you life and peace. Who here is lacking some, some life and peace in their lives? 
Guess what? There's your answer. Because you're carnal. You're carnal in, in your prayers. You're carnal in your decision making. You're just wrapped up in carnality. And that's fine. God isn't offended at that. But I'm giving you the answer. You start experiencing life and peace. You start considering that your life was purchased for more than just to have a comfortable life. For more than just to have your retirement annuity and have a good savings and have a nice business and have a nice family on Sundays, especially. Um, there's a world that is lost. Watch the video last week. One third of the world has never heard about Jesus. One third of the world doesn't know a Christian. And we're sitting and we're enjoying our Christian freedom and it's amazing. And um, It's funny, um, Shane shared this last week Sunday and I know it's going to bless you guys as well. He wants to start praying for persecution in South Africa. Persecution for the Christian church. Do you know why he wants to pray for persecution for the Christian church? So that we can wake up. Stop taking for granted the freedom that we've got. Start realizing that eternity is not a short period of time. People are dying not knowing the love of Christ. And you know the love of Christ, but what are you doing with it? We share this on Friday evening in our, our leaders meeting as well. We're not the church for everyone. That's fine. We're not, we didn't, when we started the ministry, we didn't start considering how are we going to be the church for everyone? That wasn't our, our, our focus. We want to be the church that glorifies Jesus and challenges people and stirs them to arise to their God-given callings and destinies. That is the church we are. And that means we're going to challenge one another. Not just once a month, not just once a year when it's the challenge conference. Every Sunday we're going to be challenged. We're going to be instructed by the word. We're going to measure, how's my life measuring up to what Jesus died for me for? It's not about comparison with one another. It's about looking to Christ and asking myself, man, what am I living for? Philippians 1, 9 to 11. I continue to pray for you. We kicked that off already. Bringing you to the rich revelation of spiritual insight in all things. This will enable you to choose the most excellent way of all. Becoming pure and without offense until the unveiling of Christ. And you will be filled completely with the fruits of righteousness that are found in Jesus, the anointed one. Bringing great praise and glory to God. Again, ultimately everything hinges on knowing the love of Christ. Because if you know the love of Christ... You'll overflow with the love of Christ. But the love of Christ isn't just self-centered. The love of Christ is not just for you. The love of Christ is for you to come through you. Jesus, the woman at the well, the woman in Samaritan, the Samaritan woman, when he ministers to her and has this engagement with her, he tells her, if you ask me for water, I'll give you water. And that water will become fountains within you that gushes forth, bringing you everlasting life. 
What does a fountain do when you're close to a fountain? You get wet. That's experience. God's desire for us is for His, His life inside of us to not just be enjoyed, not just to be dormant puddles of mud, but to be springs of life, of water gushing forth from our lives. This is God's desire. This needs to become our desire that Jesus would be seen in our life more than it is today. I can grow in manifesting the love of Christ more than I am. I acknowledge that. If you can't acknowledge that, then it will never become a reality for you. We need to look at where we are, how we are living currently, what did Jesus die for me for, and how am I going to start living to that degree, to that standard. And it's not about works, it's not about performance. It's about coming to a revelation of who Christ is and what He ultimately accomplished for us and the rest of the world. Fifthly, Paul prayed for opportunities to minister. And this is always super encouraging to, to see. Second Thessalonians 3 verse 1. Finally, dear brothers and sisters, pray for us that the Lord's message will continue to spread rapidly and its glory be recognized everywhere just as it was with you. So he's praying for the advancing of the kingdom, the spreading of the gospel. Ephesians 6, 19 to 20. And pray also that God's revelation would be released through me. And every time I preach the wonderful mystery of the hopeful gospel. Yes, pray that I may preach the wonderful news of God's kingdom with bold freedom. At every opportunity. Even though I'm chained as a prisoner, I'm his ambassador. Wow, Paul, why don't you pray for, uh, for, uh, for freedom from the prison rather? Because it was not important to him. Consider this. If Paul, in a prison cell, was writing a letter, imagine yourself in prison and you had to write a letter to us, your church family. <laughs> what, were you th what are going to be the things that you're going to ask for? Please bring me a, some McDonald's. <laughs> Some KFC would be enjoyed right now. It's, it's hard. It's, it's, a, it's a tough truth. I know all of us are sitting here and considering, man, my prayer life is it's not looking that great. If I consider the life of Paul and what he prayed for. While in prison, Still asking for the very thing that he's imprisoned for, ministering the gospel. They have more opportunities to minister the gospel than Philemon 1 verse 6 says, And I'm praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ Jesus. The King James says that the, that the communication of your faith may become effectual by acknowledging every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. The new living just kind of uh, expresses it a little bit differently, that the generosity that comes from your faith, that this will be put into action. And that being put into action, that the, that the communication of your faith, it comes from something. Acknowledging something. 
understanding and experiencing the good things that you have in Christ, what Christ has done for you, what Christ accomplished for you. This is what he's praying for, that that link becomes evident because there is a definite link. Experiencing Jesus and then starting to walk like Jesus. There's a direct link. But a lot of people experience Jesus. They say yes to Jesus and they camp and they hold on to one day in heaven. Everything's going to be amazing. There's a link between your experience with God, intimacy with Him, and it's showing in the way that you're loving people. Not just in, in ways that the unbeliever can. Because guess what? Unbelievers can also love people. A lot of unbelievers are loving people more than Christians are. So the love that is love that the unbeliever can't do, can't give, is eternal life. The love of Jesus. That births His Spirit inside of them. Makes them new beings. That is the love that we get to give to the world. Lastly, Paul prayed for people's salvation. And then we're going to close on a time of prayer together. Paul prayed for people's salvation. Romans 10 verse 1. My beloved brothers and sisters... The passion and desire of my heart and constant prayer to God is for my fellow Israelites to experience salvation. So Paul was praying for the salvation of the Jews. And that's just one group now that is mentioned here. So it's not just about, Paul's life wasn't just about praying for, for the salvation of the Jews. But the point I'm trying to make here, and the last point is that he prayed for people's salvation, that people come to know and experience Christ. Again, consider how in light of all of the truth that we, we've looked at this morning, in light of having a healthy prayer life, how are you doing? How's your prayer life doing? Healthy on a scale of 1 to 10, considering the Word of God, considering the Bible, which is our measure. Don't compare yourself with the person next to you. It's not about that. It's about looking to the Word of God, which is true. And seeing whether we are living in the fullness that Jesus died for us for. Are we partaking on and are we engaging in fervent prayer from a place of understanding our righteousness and knowing the will of God? What about Paul's prayer life is challenging you this morning? Consider that. Ask that question. What about Paul's prayer life is challenging you this morning? If it's everything, make a, make a decision in your heart to acknowledge that. Because uh, the word that we're sharing this morning, like it's amazing and it's, and it's true and it's life impacting, it's incorruptible. But if you're not opening up your heart to be challenged with the word, you're going to walk out of here and just be like, cool word, cool Sunday. Let's carry on with our, our lives. And your life will not change. You'll continue living the same life that you had when you walked into this room. That's not God's desire. That's not my desire. God's desire for us all is to bear much fruit. And that's going to come by, by looking at what am I currently living for? What do I need to change? What do I need to, to alter so I can start experiencing everything that God has got for me? If you're ever in the Tigerberg area, 
we invite you to visit us at one of our gatherings. To find out more, please contact us at info at gracelife.co or visit us at gracelife.co.